Enlorn. And I'm Donna Grace. Welcome to the Life Rebalanced Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Today, we are going to explore having goals versus systems. So we will talk about the difference between having a goal and a system. Is one better than the other? And why is it important for your long-term success? So let's get right into it. Lauren, what's the difference between goals and systems? Yeah, well, there's a critical difference. And I think you know, goals we're very familiar with. Typically, we start off the year by setting some goals for ourselves. Smart goals, right? Yes. But a lot of times, they're things that we're pointing toward, things that we aren't currently, something we don't currently have that we're trying to attain, right? That's more... something very specific to achieve. Yes. Okay. So for example, you might have a goal of um, losing a certain amount of weight or a goal of saving a certain amount of money. So it's a target that you're looking toward in the future. Whereas... Very specific result. Yes. Is what you're looking for. You know exactly what success looks like when you have a goal. It's measurable. Okay. Well, and getting back to that, that smart goals. So they are strategic, measurable, attainable, relevant, and Mm time-bound. So... The difference between a goal and a system, however, is a system is more the process and habits that you develop to support the things you need to be doing to attain that goal. So a goal could be a one-time thing. Absolutely. Where a process is something that's ongoing. Yes. And I think another, another important distinction between the two is that a goal really uses your conscious thinking mind. Whereas your systems and processes that you develop, you're trying to rely on more of your subconscious automatic mind to continue those habits that are going to support the goal. So I'm actually reading a book right now. It's really interesting. It's called The Biology of Belief by Dr. Bruce Lipton. And he made reference to the fact that 5% of our decision-making and the things that we do in a day is attributed to our conscious mind. And 95% of the things that we do are dictated by our subconscious mind. So, and not only that, but the subconscious mind is far more efficient at decision-making and analysis and to the tune of about a million times faster than our conscious mind. So I haven't read this. Does the subconscious mind actually even do analysis? It does. Or does it just it does. act? It does. It okay. does. It does. And it does it so quickly that we don't even notice it. So, so part of this is touching on the fact that if you have a goal that you want to attain, let's say losing 10 pounds is, happens to be the goal, and you know that you need to make better decisions around what it is you're eating to be able to achieve that goal. Mm-hmm. What is it? Was it in the book Atomic Habits? where James Clear talked about when you identify as a person who does something. Yes. You're far more likely Mm -hmm. to stick with it and make those good decisions. Yeah. And instead of saying, I'm going to eat healthy, I am a healthy person or I am a healthy eater. Yes. Right? Yes. So there's no other option. If you are a healthy eater, you obviously make healthy eating choices, right? There's no decision to make. Yeah. No decision. So when you're standing there in front of the fridge trying to decide what it is you're going to eat, when you've shifted and identified with being a healthy eater, 
your subconscious mind is taking over the decision-making at that point. And your conscious mind is not struggling with the, I really want the bag of Cheetos over here, but I feel like I should have an apple or something more nutritious. So really to set yourself up for success, to be able to achieve your goals is to develop those systems and habits that are going to support them. And it is in part shifting as much as we can from a conscious decision-making to just having it be an automatic part of our subconscious being and who we are. Didn't you read some statistic about how how many decisions it is we make in a day? Yeah. Psychology Today report, I think it was back in like 2018. There are a few sources that I read through Psychology Today that suggest that we make somewhere in the realm of 35,000 decisions every single day. So they can be very, very, very small decisions like choosing to sniffle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, if you if you have a little stuffy nose, they can be deciding which side of your mouth to chew on when you're eating. Those are very, very small things. Most of them don't even realize we're making the decision to continue doing something once you start it. Stuff like that. Um, and others are, are very, very big. But I was thinking about what you were just saying and if how much energy you can conserve if you are establishing systems for yourself and, and habits to support those systems that don't require you to be making decisions. Um, I know weight loss comes to mind first, but health really is like the very broad goal of having good health is is something that a lot of people have. Mm-hmm. And everyone knows that it is not something that you achieve and maintain. It's an ongoing process because your body's constantly changing and your needs are constantly changing. Mm-hmm. Like literally at a cellular and hormonal level, mm-hmm. you're changing. So maintaining health on an ongoing basis requires having systems. You can't just suddenly like be like, well, I have been running for a year now and I eat, <laughs> you know, spinach every day and um, I'm getting my fiber in and mm-hmm. I'm doing, you know, all the stuff I'm supposed to do and now I am healthy and now I am done. Right. That's not how it works. No. The great thing is it's it's kind of it's a rinse and repeat method because you can develop systems and habits that support a particular goal that then you can just turn around and once you've achieved that goal, translate it into helping you achieve another goal. We talked about this concept before of leveraging. Those keystone habits that once you are have established them, even if they were being established because the focus is in one area of your life, they typically carry over and benefit you in other areas. Exactly. One of the biggest ones is actually in personal finance around like having no debt or paying down debt. Yes. Identifying as someone who does not have debt, right? It's identifying that as that kind of person before you've even achieved it. And then working on the pay down just makes it so that there is no option of charging something on a credit card. Right. You don't take on more debt if you are a person who doesn't have debt, right? So Exactly. And that's also a good example of the habits and systems you develop to achieve the goal of paying off your debt also translates very well into being a person who's a saver because you're going to be utilizing those same things that you've been doing to pay off the debt to then shift your focus to a new goal, which is now let's let's build up the savings. Yeah. I've seen so many times how once people become healthy in one area of their life, whether it be eating healthy or working out or financially healthy. I think, and I think those are really the three big things in your mind. Yes. Spiritually. So four big things. Right. Once you really start focusing on creating systems and identifying as a person with a positive 
self of you in any of those areas, it really does start spilling over into the others. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it has to do just with success begets success mm-hmm. or what it is, or you, you love the feeling that comes from being well in one area and you want to be well in the others. So you just kind of translate those, those systems or those processes over into another. Right. It really is true. Well, I think you make a good point in that once we achieve something in one area, we start to believe that we can achieve things in other areas. I'm thinking specifically, I know Donna, you're also a Rachel Hollis fan. And I saw on Instagram, she posted not that long ago about having completed her first marathon. Okay. And, and the quote she gave was something along the lines of, I am now a marathon runner. Watch out. I now believe anything is possible. Yeah. So in making that goal for herself and achieving something which was very physically focused, she's then translating that to say, I know now I can set a goal and achieve it. A goal that I never thought possible, I have achieved. Now I'm going to translate that into these other parts of my life to set goals and know that I am the kind of person who is capable of setting up myself for success, developing the habits I need to develop to achieve those goals. You know, in thinking about goals versus systems, I think there's... I've been thinking about like, what are some of the, the issues with having a goal versus creating a system? Mm-hmm. And we've already kind of touched on it, that a goal is a one-time thing. You do it and then you have done it mm-hmm. versus creating a system that allows you to continue to achieve. And I know in, you, you mentioned Atomic Habits earlier, and I, I love that book. You're the one who turned me on to it when we were kind of going through our Let's find all of the books about habits phase, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and which I, I'm still kind of in actually. But um, mm-hmm. James Clear, who's the author, lists four specific problems with goals, and the first one he lists is that when you have goals, there are winners versus losers. Right. If you don't achieve the goal, technically you've lost. But let's apply that to a few situations. If my goal was to have all of my debt paid down, let, let's say I had a, a chunk of credit card debt, mm-hmm. random number, like, I don't know, $20,000 is a very random number. But uh-huh. if my goal is to pay that off in two years and I'm working on it, paying it down, it gets to the end of two years and I've only paid off $18,000. I have right. two left. You are a failure. <laughs> Am I really a failure? I just <laughs> no. have eighteen thousand no. right. dollars. Exactly. No, you're not exactly. a failure. Of course not. But if your focus is just on a goal, then there is. And like, think about it. In um, one of the great examples that he, he used was like in any sporting match. Literally, everyone going in has the same goal. Everyone wants to win. Right. If you're in a basketball game, th- there can only be one winner. But everybody's probably worked hard. People on both teams can have great performances. You can show great sportsmanship. Yes. You can show amazing skill, endurance, put on an amazing show for spectators. It's the idea of having of the team that loses. Yes, they lost that game, but like, are they losers in general? No, probably not. Absolutely not. And, and when it comes to health, especially, especially in health, because there can be so many roadblocks along the way. 
I've experienced a lot of them myself. You know, when you have the idea of like you do a workout program and there's like Mm -hmm. five workouts you have to do. If you skip one workout because you didn't feel great, you did not achieve your goal for the week, but okay, you did four workouts. Good for you. That's four more than you were doing before. So I really like the idea of focusing on a system versus a goal because I used to be someone who's completely goal oriented. Yes. I was not focusing on systems. I could not appreciate doing four workouts if I couldn't do the fifth one, which is so stupid, but is how my brain works. Well, yes. Same concept is I've found myself being the kind of person who sets goals for myself that I know are completely unattainable. Absolutely unattainable. Like I will assign myself 20 things that I need to accomplish in a day, or I I tell myself I need to accomplish them. Knowing full well, I'm not going to accomplish all 20 things. But if I told myself I needed to accomplish the 10 things that I had on my list, and I had plenty of time to accomplish all 10 things, I know myself and I'm the kind of person who will then slow down my speed because I've got enough time. I don't need to stress or worry about it. I'll get to all of these things. I've allocated exactly the amount of time I need for each of these tasks. Well, then inevitably things pop up that you didn't expect. And then you have not achieved even the 10 things that you set out to initially. So I would rather overload myself, say I have 20 goals and aggressively work toward achieving at least five or 10 on that list. And it's the same, it's the same concept. If someone has the goal to pay down $20,000 of debt and they've paid down 18, that is a tremendous success. And as long as you're making forward progress, you are winning, I would say. But yeah, as long as we don't adopt that mindset of I didn't hit my goal because also it's important not to identify as a loser. Right. Small wins are what keep you moving forward. So if you can celebrate along the way, even if you don't maybe reach this, your end goal at the time or in the time frame you wanted to, celebrating those, those wins along the way is important. You know, the second problem that's listed with goals is really interesting here. It's, it's because the goal is momentary. It's a yes. one-time thing. We were kind of talking about that. Mm-hmm. And just because we're talking about paying down debt, this is a, a great example. So say you did pay off the debt. But did you actually change your behavior? Like, was it a one-time thing that you did? Or have you established a mindset around the things you do and your processes for budgeting and spending Yes, that have allowed you to do this? Like, Have you really focused on changing your identity and the systems you have in place so that you don't just pay off the debt as a one-time thing? but actually change the behavior going forward so you continue to be someone who is debt-free. It's not enough to pay off the debt or, or, or do the, let's make it positive. Let's, let's say um, a savings goal. Once you save for that goal and you need it, then what do you do? Yeah. Are you continuing to save? Like I would much rather be someone who automatically saves a percentage of income, whether I need to or not, than be someone who only saves for specific accumulation goals. Yes. Because accumulation goals can be tiny. They can be small ones. And if I'm only saving for little things along the way, that doesn't really establish a mindset of being someone who saves and a process of budgeting off of only X percent of your income because you save X percent. Exactly. We see this all the time. I'm sure you've seen it in your clients as well, where unfortunately, sometimes in order to achieve the goals, and this is across the board, whether it's financial, physical, spiritual, mental goals, 
if you are pushing yourself and depriving yourself in some area, so a lot of times when people are trying to pay off debt, they might say, I'm not going out to eat ever at all until all of my debt is paid off. And they're very successful. Some people can really will themselves into doing that. And that's getting back to using that. You are exhausting your decision-making process all the time because you are depriving yourself of something you really want, whether it be going out to eat or having the Starbucks or celebrating the small wins. You don't even celebrate those because you want to put every last penny toward paying off your debt. And then we see more of a boomerang effect, which is once that goal is achieved, people kind of collapse and then fall right back into... Back into your old patterns. Yes. I mean, you're literally describing yo-yo dieting, right? Exactly. Like I'm someone who... I mean, I'm going to tell you as I approach 40, it doesn't work now. But in my Uh earlier years, I probably spent the better part of two decades being someone who knew exactly what I needed to do to lose five pounds before a vacation or the summer or whatever it was when I wanted uh-huh. to look just a little bit better. Uh-huh. Well, fine, whatever. That's, that's, that's a small amount, but I know plenty of people who have much larger amounts of weight that would fall into that category. And I've watched them lose 20 pounds, 30 mm-hmm. pounds, gain it back. A few years later, lose it again, gain it back. Never establishing habits or systems or a lifestyle to support long-term health. So it's, I don't even know if that means that the goals themselves were unrealistic or if it just means that they were unrealistic because they didn't have, you know, systems to support them for the long term. But that momentariness of the goal is, is, a, can be a problem. It can be a problem. And I think in a lot of those instances, time, though we do want goals to be time bound to a certain extent, we need to be realistic in the time frame. Because I think if we were, I talk to people about this all the time, I would rather see you take two years to pay off your $20,000 of debt and not stress yourself and sacrifice and put yourself in a position where you're desperate and going to go back to your old habits because you just can't stand. Like a binge. Like yes. Like deprive, deprive, deprive and binge. That's, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So about food, it can be about anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when that was a that marathon and then sit on the couch for a week. Like Exactly. Exactly. I mean. I mean, you deserve I, to, but. <laughs> Yeah. Um, how about the idea that if you're focusing on a goal rather than a long-term system, it's actually restrictive because happiness is only allowed when you achieve success. Uh, and so therefore, if you do if you are not successful, and, and maybe you didn't actually design a good goal for yourself, <laughs> maybe your goal was not attainable, maybe it was way too big. But if the case is you're meeting the goal is success and that's the only way you can truly be, like you can be happy, that means anytime you've done a less than, than meeting that goal 100%, it's a failure. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's disappointment. Like mm-hmm. my son is going, is in the playoffs right now for basketball and they've had a phenomenal season. They made it through the first round. They have two more games potentially tomorrow. If they lose, they don't, you know, win the state title. It would be three years in a row. I mean, this would be really big for his team. But are they failures? No, they had a great season. They learned a lot of lessons. They've improved their skills. They're doing better in their fundamentals. Um, they're playing a more aggressive game. I see a lot of successes. But if if I'm just focused on the goal of winning, then I lose all of that and I don't get to appreciate it and celebrate it. Mm-hmm. So really, you know, 
again, restricting happiness to success is a huge problem with the mindset of focusing on a goal versus the process. Yes. And I think it gets back to that cliche phrase is enjoy the journey. And it's all about the journey. It is about about the journey. journey. (laughs) (laughs) And it is to a certain extent to say, and this circles back to something I mentioned in a previous episode, talking about realizing that you can't look for the external to provide your internal happiness. So to say, I will be happy when I achieve this goal is setting yourself up for for disappointment. It means you're not allowed to be happy if you don't achieve it. Right, exactly. And we know that's BS. <laughs> we know this, it is, right? It is, it is. Yeah. And how about the, the last problem that, that's listed when we think about problems with goals versus systems is that having goals is technically at odds with long-term progress because again, it's momentary. Achievement is momentary. Mm-hmm. What happens next? Once it's achieved, what happens next? If you've established really good processes, well, then you maintain the benefits of achieving the goal. We're not saying do not have a goal. Mm-hmm. We're saying don't have a goal in the absence of long-term processes supported by good habits. That's what it is. Exactly. So if you don't have, if you don't identify with the process and identify with the habits as a person who does not go into debt, as a person who eats healthy, as a person who exercises, right? If you don't identify as that, Mm -hmm. then you constantly need to be finding new goals for yourself to achieve. And then again, get wrapped up in the whole cycle of, if I don't achieve this goal, I have not been successful. Therefore, I am a failure and I'm just disappointed and cannot be happy. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like a loop. If you, it, it's, it's a loop that you end up running into as so many things are. They are. And, and that's where I think that we have to have both. We need to have the goals. And I think a key point is actually setting your next goal before you even accomplish the first or having multiple goals at the same time. Does it make sense though, that all of these goals are supporting the kind of person you want to identify as. Yes. Right? So they're all going to have some common thread around the good habits you're achieving. Maybe like you and I have have set goals for ourselves and even like made competitions out of them because we want to achieve things and that's fun. Mm-hmm. We know that our personalities will be driven by that competition. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the goals don't exist for the purpose of achieving them. They exist because the habits that we want to implement in our lives, the type of people we want to identify as are supported by achieving that goal. Yes. And if we don't meet it, we can go back and say, you know what? That's okay because look at all the good things we did along the way that support the kind of person that we want to be. I 100% agree. And I think it is all about supporting the kind of person you want to be. And it actually is really, I think it's really critical to have your goals and the kind of person you want to be, be aligned. Well, they have to be. Yeah, they have to be. They do have to be aligned. And I think in a lot of cases, sometimes people, you know, sometimes we have to recognize things and accept things about ourselves that maybe we don't want to, but we need to, to be able to move forward. Oh, like what? I feel like there's an example coming here. (laughs) I'll get back to that in a second as I think of an example for that. But what I would... One that you want to share. Right, one I want to share. (laughs) What I was thinking about was an example of this that I read in the book I referenced earlier, The Biology of Belief, where the author was describing how 
if you outstretch your arms straight in front of you and you have someone doing it right now. Okay. So you need a partner. I wish we were in the same room. We would make this happen. (laughs) This is no longer working. Okay. (laughs) But if you stretch your arms out and someone is applying resistance, trying to push your arm down. So that's part of the physical piece of this. But what you're asked to do is to make a statement that you identify with. So I might be asked to say, my name is Lauren. And as I'm making this statement about myself, the person is pressing down on your arm and you are trying to resist that downward pressure. And they've found that when you're making statements that you identify with, like my name is Lauren. Clearly, you know this to be true. I am the oldest of four. When okay. you have are making statements that are true, you are able to resist the downward pressure. When you are asked to make statements that you don't identify with, for example, if I was asked to say, my name is Donna Grace. You wouldn't be able to resist the pressure. You cannot resist the pressure as well. And that speaks to the fact that there's so much more to our mind-body connection. Our cells and muscles actually are responding to the fact that we do not identify with the thought or statement we are making. And I think that that supports this concept we're talking about is that it's really, really important to identify as a person who makes good health choices, a person who is a saver, a person who is debt-free. Because then I have to believe it. Yes. And I have to do things that support it. And the more I do them, the more I will believe them. Yes. I like this. I can implement this. One supports the other. I mean, I think I do implement this. I kind of try to give myself a good pep talk in the morning about what I need to do, what's happening in this day, what's important to accomplish. Like I do. I try to speak the truth into my body. Yes. (laughs) I definitely do so that I can perform the way I want. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely do. This was really, really good. I love the the book that you mentioned by Dr. Lipton. Was that it? Yes, Dr. Bruce Lipton. Yeah, I wasn't familiar with that one yet. I'm going to have to do that. I also really like the idea, and I know that we, we touched on it earlier, but the whole part about like establishing those really good habits and, and implementing them just has few decisions we need to make. Yes. And the less focus we have to have on... Can you imagine like if all of you, you were trying so hard to like be making all these decisions to be a certain type of person. I'm just thinking about like in trying to eat healthy. Mm -hmm. If you don't want to be eating cookies, you don't put them in your pantry and say, I'm not going to eat them. I'm just going to keep them there and I'm going to have one on a Sunday (laughs) because then you have to consciously decide every day until Sunday to not have any cookies. And then when Sunday comes, you have to force yourself not to binge and just have one. Yes. Right. So you have to just identify as someone. I don't eat cookies. You need to identify that way by yourself. And that's just one very, very simple example. But yeah, I think that's, that's so super important. I'm really glad that you, you brought up that point about removing the need to constantly make decisions Mm -hmm. so that you can focus your energy on the things that need your energy because we all want to do big things mm-hmm. professionally, um, with our family, accomplish them personally. And the fewer decisions we have to make to support the type of person we want to be, I'm here for that. <laughs> I, I am with you. I'm with you. And I think what we touched on about you know having that goal in mind, but really focusing on celebrating the wins along the way and the habits you've developed that are going to point you toward long-term success and achieving your goals even if you fall slightly short of the specific goal that you've set to recognize 
that it's more about developing the systems and habits that are going to support achieving all of our goals. So I think from here, we just need to go and like celebrate someone's along the way. I'm all for that. <laughs>